All right, what's up, guys? It's Analyst, and we're back again. Um, finally, 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 we're joined by Frost Upper Hand Fantasy. It's been a little while. I know you've been busy with the kids and everything with all this uh, COVID-19 stuff going on, but I appreciate you being here. Yeah, man, uh, I, I'm, I'm so happy I'm back. Like, <laughs> it's been, like, it's been a stressful couple of months, but this is, like, kind of my, you know, my release a little bit. This feels nice. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, I've, I've been releasing through the whole COVID, and let me tell you, it's just, it, it's great to go into, like, the draft and free agency and everything. But um, today what we're doing, guys, is we're just doing a simple mailbag. We're going through some of the questions. Uh, there's no training camp or anything going on right now, so it's kind of slow. Um, you can always do mock drafts and stuff. But I, I figure why not answer some questions, because I know you guys have stuff that you want us to explain. So with that out of the way, uh, you want to just uh, – Get started with this? Let's go, man. Let's do it. I'm excited. All right. So we're going to start off with something great here. We got uh, Luke.Wergulus. Wergulus. Wergulus. And this is going to be this is going to be a normal thing. I'm just going to butcher everybody's name. So <laughs> <hope you> get <laughs> On purpose. Um, let's go. This duo is fire. Uh, maybe talk about Le'Veon Bell with the improved online. So let's go into Le'Veon Bell a little bit. Um, I just made a post about him, which is why I wanted to bring this one up first. I mean, he was in a terrible situation last year, just head to toe. I mean, with Sam Darnold being out early with Mono, the offensive line giving him no help whatsoever, uh, some injuries to like Chris Herndon, some other guys who could have helped clear the field for him. But, I mean, there's, there's a lot to look forward to in 2020, including one thing I really want to mention here. He averaged over 20, uh, 20 touches game last year. He had 78 targets. And the fact that he had only 3.2 yards per carry and four touchdowns, is really a sign for better things to come. Because when you look at this offense as a whole, it's improved. And not only that, but they had some departures this offseason, even with the addition of Frank Gore. Let me see if I can find this. I had my numbers in here. So that's the problem when you write like eight paragraphs. You just can't pinpoint where the hell that number is. So, okay. <laughs> Sorry. What's That's even funny. more interesting about 2020 is the fact that after Robbie Anderson, Demarius Thomas, T.Y., Ty Montgomery, and Bilal Powell left, that leaves 183 vacated targets and 91 rushes on the table for grabs. Even theoretically, you got Brashad Perryman, you got Denzel Mims, you got Frank Gore being added. All of those are not going to go to those guys. And even with Adam Gay saying it's going to be a one-two punch, there's still plenty for Bell to get his work. So volume-wise... I have him as top 15 running back. I just changed him after I did my review today. But what, what's your take on Bell as a Jets fan? Maybe the more, more important Listen, take I'm gonna here. I'm going to give my take on Bell objectively, right? Like, not okay. I'm a Jets fan. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I did I did um, like Bell somewhat going into last year. I knew the off offensive line was going to be shit, and it was. And, and that was the real reason why he didn't, like you mentioned, what, 3.2 yards per carry? That's not Le'Veon Bell-like. He he needs a good offensive line, especially when you consider like how he runs, right? Mm -hmm. He he he's a patient runner. You know he needs his blocking, and once he finds his blocking, he's elite. You know, and 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 he's elite at getting yards that other running backs aren't going to get. You know what I mean? Maybe he's not going to take it to the house, right? Whenever he sees a huge gaping hole, but he'll give you ten yards, right? And not that many running backs can do that every time. Um, so I do think that w with a <laughs> I think their their offensive line, um, you know, they didn't make any huge splashes, right, in their offensive mm -hmm. line. You know, they had a really high draft pick in, in Mekhi Becton um, in the draft, but they improved their offensive line to a point where I think they're going to be mediocre, which is great. <laughs> which is <because> better. <laughs> it's way better. I mean, their offensive line was really bad last year. And um, I think the fact that they have a mediocre offensive line, like mm -hmm. if they can have like a top 16 offensive line, then that that's that's great for Le'Veon Bell. Um, so I do think that um, you know he's going to be a beneficiary of that. Not to mention Sam Darnold, he was out right. He had mono, um, and this whole offense was like terrible. You know, without oh, yeah. him in the lineup. And I think that this offense can improve because of the offensive line changes with some continue. You know, uh, Sam Darnold's going to be on the field more, um, and he's going to they're going to have more of a rhythm um, if he stays healthy. Um, yeah, you know, they did add Frank Gore to the mix, and I think Frank Gore is going to get some work. Um, he's in his 34th year, and, like, 
you know, he's going to get work no matter what. And I think that, you know, I can easily see uh, Frank Gore getting 100 carries, you know, in this backfield mm-hmm. this year. Um, but it still leaves like 250, you know, to yeah. 275 touches for Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, 80 of those, you know, could be receptions potentially. So he has that in him. And the upside is there. So right now, where is where is Le'Veon Bell going? Let's see. He's going at, at the 3-4 turn in 12-team mm-hmm. PPR leagues. And at that spot, look at the guys around him. Chris Carson, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Devin Singletary, James Conner, David Montgomery. I mean, this is not even a question for me that it's Le'Veon Bell at that spot. When you're looking yeah, at the running backs. Absolutely. And one of the things you mentioned before, um, about having Frank Gore in that backfield, when it comes to passing situations, which there probably be in a lot of those playing from behind, I mean, this Jets team isn't exactly full circle right now. So, I mean, uh, not, not exactly ready for a big push, although they did go 7-9. But point being, like, Bell is going to be there on those passing situations, and just because that's who he is. They, they paid him as a runner, and they paid him as a receiver. So um, he, he's definitely going to be there in those passing situations. You have all those targets shaped up, and I, I, don't, I don't see – you know, too much of that going to Frank Gore at all. Uh, Ty Montgomery and Bilal Powell actually left a little more receptions than we thought on the table. So all positive news for Bell. Another thing, which is uh, kind of, I don't know if it's funny, but um, a positive would be the fact that he can't get suspended for smoking weed anymore. That, that's, a great, that's great news because that was always a potential risk. Yeah, I mean, you go into the season, he smokes one joint, he gets caught, and then he's out for the year because... Because he's already been suspended for a whole entire season for that. Exactly. That's a great point, man. I, lo- I love how you dig into these little nuances here. Yeah, I, I, I just <laughs> thought about that when I was doing the post. <laughs> I mean, listen. So, Le'Veon Bell finished as the RB16 last year in PPR leagues. Yep. And he was in a terrible situation. Yeah. 3.2 yards a carry. I mean, come on. Like, he's a good running back, right? It's not like he's David Johnson and he's washed, <laughs> right? And, like, he looks like shit when he's running through holes that are actually created for him. Um, that's not the case here. Right, and he still has it. He's still a leader on that team. He's still catching balls. Um, so if he was the RB16 then, he's being drafted as the RB20 right now. So yeah. this RB16 is really his floor. You know, he could finish as a low end RB1. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, even though you know this isn't a situation that you're kind of like, oh, I'm so excited to draft Le'Veon. I'm so excited to draft anyone on that Jets offense. Um, you know, it's it's more about volume. It's more about ability, and it's more about his offensive line being improved from last year. Exactly. So a lot of positives with Bell. Right now, he's going to be a value for uh, a lot of teams. We'll see how the ADPs shift. It is very, very early. It is May. So hoping to see maybe he stays around that range because I'll be grabbing him in a lot of leagues, which I didn't think I would be doing, honestly. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I thought yeah. I was going to be staying away from Bell. But. It, it's funny, though, because as the offseason progresses, right, and you kind of look into more situations, you know, at the surface level, you look at something and you're like, you know what? I'm not really feeling that. And you kind of move on to the next guy, right? And But when you dig in deep a little bit, then you're like, okay, wait, actually, I didn't consider this. Like, maybe you're actually drafting him at his floor. Or, like, maybe I didn't consider this part. So as you go through the offseason, you kind of get more data. You kind of get more feedback from other people, right? Even your followers kind of, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, say something. And you're like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. Let me look into that a little bit. So that's the beauty of looking at this stuff so early in the offseason. Because you kind of lay a foundation for what you think. Yep. And then you can kind of question that for a couple months before the season actually starts. Yeah, and then one report comes out saying, Frank Gore's going to lead the team in carries, and then it all goes. <laughs> uh, oh, man, it's funny, man. I, I think, uh, you know, Adam Gase really loves him some Frank Gore. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I got um, a couple of good questions here. We're going to do it this way. I want you to pick one through three. Pick a number. Two. Two. Okay, so this question comes in from Gonzalo Limones. Limones? Limones. We're going to say Limones. Is David Johnson someone who you feel could potentially blow up again for 2K yards? Why not? Why or why not, I'll say. Um, you want to get started on this because you mentioned David Johnson's a little washed, a little sluggish coming through those holes. Yeah, I mean, listen... It depends on the offense that he's on, right? And I, I don't think Houston's offense caters to a running back, you know, getting 2,000 total yards. Um, Deshaun Watson, yes, you know, Deshaun Watson – actually, I was going to say that Deshaun Watson has, hasn't had a capable pass-catching back to the point where he can give someone 2,000 yards. 
But that's not true. He has Duke Johnson right now. And <laughs> one can argue that Duke Johnson might be a better running back than David Johnson right now. One can argue. But you know now, but you know what? To counter that? Go ahead. Bill O'Brien would argue against that <laughs> because <laughs> there were so many situations last year where Carlos Hyde, there was one game, he had 17 carries for 27 yards, and he did not put Duke Johnson in the game. It, so I don't know. <laughs> it's still what? perplexing. Like, when Bill O'Brien <laughs> traded that third-round pick for Duke Johnson, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, great move, Bill. Great move. Yep. And then in the middle of the season, I'm like, Bill, can you use the guy? Can you, can you fucking use the, use the guy? He's efficient as hell in the running game. Mm-hmm. He's efficient as hell in the passing game. And he's doing it on your team in the games yep. when you give him the opportunity. Yep. Give him the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not even giving him 15 touches a game. Like, that's just, like, crazy. Um, but, okay, anyway, let's go back to the question. So, <laughs> Deshaun Watson hasn't been a guy who targets running backs a ton. This offense hasn't been an offense that has targeted running backs a ton. Lamar Miller was very capable in, pass- in catching the ball. Duke Johnson, extremely capable. One of the best pass-catching backs in the league. Now, David Johnson comes in. His specialty is pass-catching. His pass catching saved him in Arizona from a fantasy perspective, right? He was also in a shit situation in 2018, and he ended up being like in low-end RB2, I think the RB12 on the year, um, because of that pass catching situation. Now, going into RB, going into 2019, that was his saving grace as well. Um, but he just didn't look like the same guy. Um, now, on, on the Texans' offensive line, you know, it's okay. It's not great. Um, you know, so I don't see a situation where David Johnson, he can hit a thousand yards because a thousand yards isn't that hard to get, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in the in the in the rushing game, you, I think you need to hit like seventy to seventy-five yards per game to hit a thousand, right? Um, but I mean, I don't see him getting a thousand yards receiving in that offense. Um, yes, there aren't too many weapons on that offense, right? You got Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, uh, Kiki QT, Randall Cobb. <laughs> Brandon Cooks, uh, yeah, Randall Cobb, I forgot they had yep. Will yep. Fuller, exactly. Kenny Stills. And it's possible. Maybe DJ is their, their number one target. And even if he is, I just don't see it. Uh, he's not that same guy anymore. Yeah, and I mean, like, to, to that point, um, definitely don't think that 2,000 uh, total yards is really possible for him at this point. Not that it's impossible. It's just very, very unlikely for where he's at in his career. But I will say... Interestingly enough, Duke Johnson, in a very, very limited role last year, had 62 targets. That's one less than Dalvin Cook on the whole year. And to think of how little he was on the field, and for him to actually pile together 62 targets is actually pretty insane. So if you factor onto that, the fact that DeAndre Hopkins has 150 vacated targets now available, and when you trade up, I mean, like, we don't know what's going on inside Bill Barnes' head, but when you trade would you give DeAndre Hopkins away for free and get a guy like David Johnson back? It makes you think that they really want to use this guy in all phases of the game. So, but like I said, you never know what these coaches have in mind. It doesn't, it doesn't tie Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien into using David Johnson as an every down guy, but I think he is going to be a big part of that passing game. Um, I mean, you, you still have guys like Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, if they can both be on the field to spread the field and give him, better running lanes like you said it's not the greatest offensive line but off a thousand yards and on the ground isn't hard to come by if you're getting the work a thousand yards in the air unlikely but you know there's a chance he ends up with like six seven hundred receiving yards yeah six hundred six seven hundred is totally in the realm of possibility which would mean he would need 13 to 1400 rushing yards which mm-hmm. i think is out of the realm of possibility on yeah that, that's definitely out of the realm but um yeah, I, I don't want to underestimate his ability in the passing game either. 100%. 100%. And that's a good point. Um, 60 targets isn't that much. You know what I mean? Like, especially mm-hmm. when you consider um, the type of volume that you would need in order to achieve, you know, really good numbers in the passing game. Um, mm-hmm. A guy like Dalvin Cook, you know, he wasn't really on a high pa- high volume passing offense, right? Yeah. And, you know, you wouldn't expect you, – you wouldn't expect – a lot of target number, a target, a high target volume for Dalvin Cook. Hopefully that mm-hmm. increases now. Um, yeah. But you know, from from a fantasy perspective, if you really want a guy who is going to kill it for you in in fantasy, <laughs> and you're depending on him in the passing game, you need the guy to get like 100 targets. 
Yeah, I mean, and and like I said, that was that, that was Duke in a very limited role too. Yeah. So with him barely being on the field, he still had now, like sixty two yards. Will Duke Johnson be involved? I think he will. And that, that's another question too. And to that, that that's where I go to the point where they keep Carlos Hyde in the field after seventeen carries for twenty seven yards for whatever reason they don't want to put Duke on the field. But who knows? There there are some question marks around David Johnson, but I still think he has a pretty good floor. Um, just. We both agree that 2K is out of the question. <laughs> I, I, could, I could be wrong here, but I think Duke Johnson came in that game and, like, just burst off, like, a 17-yard run or some, Or, like, even higher than that, or, like, a touchdown. It's possible. Like, I, 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 I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> but, like, I think that's what happened. And then, like, they took him out and they put Carlos Hyde back in. They're like, oh, it's too much. It's too much. Hyde, go in there. <laughs> too many yards. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, so David Johnson's at the 2-3 at the turn right now in PPR leagues. And Two, three, uh, really? the, yeah, the guys going around him, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who I rather have, uh, Leonard Fournette, give me David Johnson, Melvin Gordon is at 307, so a little bit later. Um, and I rather have Melvin Gordon too. Interesting. Uh, I'm on so the fence yeah. with Gordon, but, but yeah, I think, I think his spot is a little iffy. What was that? What did you say? I said I'm on the fence with Gordon a little bit, but maybe we'll see if one of these questions uh prop that conversation up. Sure, sure. <laughs> All right, so. We had a couple options for this one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this one here. It's by Cade McGraw, 23. I have to Thoughts on Adam Thielen for this year. Now, I may be in the minority when I say this. I put him really low in my rankings, and I got smacked for it. But I, I, I will say, like, I have him outside of my top 20, which sounds a little ridiculous. But at the same time, He's an aging wide receiver. He played – I know he doesn't play primarily in the slot anymore. We saw last time when he lined up in the slot, like, what, 20 30% of his routes. But um, yeah, the he's Vikings playing hardly, The Vikings hardly play anybody in the slot right now. They play mostly 12 personnel exactly. um, at this point. So there, there really isn't a, a true slot wide receiver in this offense anymore. But what I would say is the guy they drafted – kind of fits directly into that role because Justin Jefferson in college, he played five snaps on the outside in his whole college career. He had nothing. He doesn't know anything else but the slot. And as we know, Kirk Cousins, he lives in the slot, right? So even if they don't run a whole ton of plays uh, with with players being in the slot, I just don't think Adam Thielen has that role. And if there is anyone that's going to be there, it's going to be Jefferson. Thielen on the outside, that's fine. But you don't have Diggs taking away number one coverage. Not that Adam Thielen is not a good wide receiver, but I think Stefan Diggs is a more talented player. So you have Adam Thielen on the outside. You have a run-heavy offense. You have the new shiny rookie who's going to be taking any, if all, slot uh, targets. And then you have two tight ends with Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph who could be taking away those touchdowns in the red zone. For me, it's like I, I want to stay away from Thielen this year. I just don't feel comfortable taking him as my wide receiver, too. He's had one really good year, but outside of that, he's kind of been a background guy, a supporting guy. So um, as a player, he is talented. He's a very, very good route runner. But for fantasy going to this year, I just really don't feel comfortable with him being my wide receiver, too. And I might be in the minority with that. I have no idea. But I really want to hear your thoughts about Thielen. I'm curious. Where did you have him ranked that you got killed for? I don't want to say it because I have nightmares about it. I'm going to guess. Had him, go ahead, guess. I had him at wide receiver 19. I had him at, past my top 20. Damn! Yeah, I had him, I think I had him too low. I had him above like a lot Maybe of upside not. guys. I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the top 20 being drafted right now, and I can see Thielen going below these guys. I had him at 27. 27. Yeah. Holy moly. I I can, I can, 27 meaning he's a wide receiver three. Okay. High end wide receiver three. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. I understand where you're going and and I think it's fair. And and I think, you know, from a analysis perspective, I understand because like you said, Adam Thielen is on a high volume running offense, right? Um, They're run first, no doubt about it. Uh, Now, when you look at last year, Stefan Diggs, when Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen were on the field at the same time, it was it was Adam we're Thielen. We're like, having some connection issues right now. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Here, sis. Uh, I can hear you, here, too. Try again. Okay, I think we're good now. Okay. <laughs> you said a little bit of a blurb. 
no, no, it's all right. Yeah, so I mean, Adam Thielen uh, was when Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs were on the field at the same time at the beginning of the season, it was all Adam Thielen. Now, mm-hmm. the targets weren't there for each of them, for for either of them, yeah. right? Um, there were a few targets for Thielen, a few less targets for Diggs. Thielen just made it happen on efficiency. And, and is that what we want to depend on, right? Like, more of the target share this year can potentially go Thielen's way, right? Justin Jefferson's coming in. He's young. Um, and like you said, he's primarily a slot player. Like, not primarily. He is a slot wide receiver. Um, <laughs> he's now, not anything a else. <laughs> a lot of scouts and coaches might claim that he can play on the outside, but that might take some time, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to play on the outside, like, you're going to have to have some experience doing that. And, and, and I'm not sure that he comes into the league right away in year one and does that, right? And he, so he the, – yeah, and, and, and the fact that the Vikings played, I think, the second most uh, – snaps out of 12 personnel meaning two tight ends on the field Irv Smith Kyle Rudolph they're not they're not going to have a slot wide receiver so Justin Jefferson is going to have to play a ton on the outside um that's what the Vikings were doing last year um and yes you know they lost their the offensive coordinator left to the, to become the head coach of the Cleveland Browns Kevin Stefanski but it's still the same offense yeah um, so Kubiak's running the same thing <laughs> yeah no it's it's, it's going to be the same thing um so the thing is like for me, I want to I want to depend on volume, right? And I'm not sure if Thielen yeah. is going to get that. He was efficient last year. Will that efficiency continue? I don't want to depend on that. It usually doesn't. So, can, do I expect the volume to go up a little bit for Thielen? I do, because I don't think that Justin Jefferson is even going to command the same type of target no, volume that Stephen Diggs was able to get. Um, so I do think that he gets a little bit more volume this year, um, and because of that, I do think that he could finish as a wide receiver too easily. Uh, but I don't expect him to get 10 targets a game, which is what I want out of my, you know, uh, high-end wide receiver too. Exactly. And another thing with Thielen too is like, even if it's not Diggs, it could be Irv Smith. A lot of people are expecting him to take that big second-year jump. Kyle Rudolph is still there. Maybe the touchdowns go down because he has less opportunities in the red zone. Even if Justin Jefferson doesn't command targets, um, I mean, like, they have to know when they drafted him that he's a slot wide receiver. Like, you don't grab this guy who's played five snaps on the outside and say, okay, we drafted you as an outside receiver. Like, that's just, it just wouldn't make sense to me if I was, like, the GM of that team. You know, there's other guys. Which is why when they made the pick, I was a little confused. And I still am. Exactly. That's why I was confused, too. I was confused at first because I thought that role belonged to Thielen. Um, when I looked back last year, I saw he didn't really play in the slot that much. It was like, okay, whatever. But, you know, like you said, because of the 12 personnel. But point being, I, I think they can kind of move him back into the slot. Maybe they play less 12 personnel. Um, maybe right. it's just Irv Smith. Or maybe it's they'll, play, they'll shift to 12 personnel when they get close to the red zone because they have the two big bodies. Right. Um, I, I, I think they'll fit him in into the slot. That you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so um, with that being said, when I look at Thielen, I look at maybe, you're right, maybe his targets do go up a little bit. But when we look at, like, uh, like what what was Stefan Diggs last year? Stefan Diggs was a game-to-game boomer bust, even with Adam Thielen in the game, even with Adam Thielen out of the game. He was a game-to-game boomer bust. And I think that's kind of what we look at with Thielen. If we really dumb it down, like, in my opinion, Stefan Diggs is the better wide receiver. I think that's pretty common with people not saying Thielen's bad, but now you put theoretically, not theoretically, like you put a worse wide receiver in the same situation and it's already a boomer bust role. I don't really, you know, it's hard for me to raise my expectations from that point. Yeah. So that that's where I'm at with Thielen. That's why I have him really, really low. And another thing too, about why I have him really low is this is a really, really deep wide receiver class. I mean, that, Fourth, fifth, sixth round is like a gold mine for guys like Terry McLaurin, Marquise Brown, DJ Shark, DK Metcalf. A lot of these sophomore wide receivers just ready to explode in the field. Right. And you rather so, draft a running back at that yeah. spot or, or, or a wide and, receiver that has more upside. Exactly. And that's I, why I have Thielen so low because I'm worried about his upside. That's I mean, why I, I have him being, under those look, guys. Look at, who he's, look, at, look at who Thielen's being drafted around. He's being drafted at the 304 spot. Okay. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to start at 210. Mike Evans at 210, Kenny Galladay at 302. Who has more upside, Kenny Galladay or Thielen? Galladay, right, by a mile. Not even a question. Uh, Cooper Cup has more upside, and he's being drafted a spot after Thielen. Odell Beckham. And, they, and remember, they lost Cooks. 
Okay. I mean, obviously, Cup isn't the same when he's on the outside with the Rams also mm-hmm. moving to the personnel. Uh, but OBJ, more upside than Thielen. Amari Cooper, same. Juju, same. Allen Robinson, same. DJ Moore, same. And I'm getting into the fourth round now. Yeah. Right? So, AJ Brown, more upside. <laughs> Absolutely so, more upside. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. So, where he's being drafted right now, uh, I probably won't be looking in that direction. Yeah, it's a hard pass for me. So, I really like how this is going, by the way. I love how this is just we're just dialing down every question. I'm just having you, you know. It's like it's like it's like we we haven't missed a beat. We haven't missed a beat. I was about to say that. You know, we we share, we finish each other's. It's great sentences, right? (laughs) 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 You caught me me off guard with that one. (laughs) I thought you'd feel it coming, but whatever. Um. All right, uh, one or two? One. Is James Conner a bust? Question by Lawson.Weber. Uh, you want to take the lead on this one? Yeah, I'm not drafting James Conner. Um, nice. Where's he Okay. That's, that's all I got to say. You can go ahead. No, I mean, do you, do you have anything else on him? Or? Well, no, I don't. No, I'm kidding. I mean, listen, he's being drafted at the beginning of the fourth round, so it's not terrible value at all, right? The upside for him is the RB1, okay? I'll, I'll, that's his upside. Now, I do like Anthony McFarlane, right? The kid who's coming out, like, they draft him in the fourth round. I think he creates competition for James Conner. Remember, James Conner wasn't some all-pro coming out of college, right? Like, Or, or drafted or going into, co- going into college. He was a guy who's who's potentially replacing Le'Veon, and he got his job because Le'Veon didn't want to play, right? So that's basically how James Conner got his job. So he can easily get that job being taken away. And I think Anthony McFarlane provides a little bit of competition for James Conner, to be honest. So that's a situation that I'm going to monitor throughout camp. Now, through in camp, in preseason, it could easily be like, all right, well, James Conner's our guy, period. And okay, I understand. But can that change throughout the season? I think so. Um, you know, a guy like um, uh, Benny Snell was getting snaps last year, right? Um, mm-hmm. w- what's his Jaylen name? Samuels was Jalen Samuels was getting snaps over James Conner sometimes, and it got to the point where, like, all right, well, Jalen Samuels is not good at, in the run game at all, and he's he's seeing snaps, you know, in the run game, and you know, obviously he's a more of a pass catcher, right? That's his specialty. Mm-hmm. But I think James Conner's uh, role is not cemented, and I think that it can be taken. I think a guy like Anthony McFarlane, he's a talented dude, man. Um, he was number one out of all the draft-eligible backs in yards after contact per attempt, and you know how much I love that when it, when it comes to yes, I do. You know, <laughs> predicting fantasy success in the future. And they have a good offensive line, and Big Ben, that offense is going to be good. And a guy like Anthony McFarlane is a guy I'll be aiming for late, while at this spot, I might be looking elsewhere. And you, you know what happened, though? Why is ADP just spiked? Because Michael Tomlin said the magic words. He said, we, uh, I don't know what happened last year, but we don't like running a committee. And we're dedicated. And he basically said that he wants to put James Conner back into a workhorse role, which is why his ADP started to climb, 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 climb. You know but, what? I actually, I, I actually didn't see that. When did he say that? Was that a while back? Let me see if I can pull it up. I saw it not too long ago. Might have been putting the kids to sleep when that announcement got. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So it, Let's see. Okay, I'm looking. I'm looking for it too, but I haven't seen it. See. I hope that's the case because. Yeah, it, it was something along the lines of um, how we don't usually run committees. Hold on. Sorry, guys. We need a second. <laughs> it's okay. This is fun. Yeah, no, I'm having fun. Okay, James Conner. Got him right here. Conner to resume featured role. Uh, Tomlin said, I'm a featured runner type guy by mentality. No question to game in today's game, a featured runner needs to be supplemented and supplement, supplemented and supplemented by guys who are capable of doing similar things in case he misses time. Uh, usually when it's going well, it's because you have that lead dog out front, and that guy is our featured runner. James is a featured guy and a proven runner when healthy. We're excited about getting him back to health and displaying that in 2020. Yeah. So there you go. So he is a featured guy, right? Yeah. He's not our. He didn't say he's our featured guy. Um, he's looking. They're excited about him getting for getting back to health, et cetera, et cetera. Now he it's didn't. Mention, he he didn't mention the rookie, 
Yeah, and right. down here is noting Snell is capable of being a James type of guy if James is unavailable. Right. So that so, kind of leans to Snell is the next guy up, and this right. is this came out after the draft in McFarland. And that's interesting because Snell's receiving ability is very questionable. <laughs> yes. Very questionable. He's not that type of guy. So I don't know. I take that with a grain of salt. Um, but I mm-hmm. don't. What I don't take with a grain of salt is the fact that there's no question that Mike Tomlin likes workhorse backs. That's been the case for a long time, right? D'Angelo Williams comes in and he's getting 100% of carries, mm-hmm. 100% of snaps, right? Le'Veon Bell, James Conner. Um, last year they switched it up because the offensive coordinator wanted to, you know, try some new things. It, it and then it seems like Mike Tomlin didn't like that shit. Whole entire year. <laughs> Listen, if J- if James Conner were to go down though, like he did last year, the Steelers didn't really have any choice. Like, who are they going to run? See, Snell was better on early downs. Right, and Samuels was better on on passing downs. It was like that simple, because they didn't really have that guy who was too versatile. Now Anthony McFarlane, he could be that guy, man. He could be the so I, I do think that he's a name that we have to keep an eye on because he so, is a guy who could be that workhorse for them. Um, and I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he also gained weight between the combine between uh, around the pro day uh, date. And the combine. I think I saw something about that. Him wanting to put on more weight so he could uh, hold more carries. Right. Definitely possible. Um. Now let me ask you this. Sure. James Conner with a handcuff. Are you a go for that? Because I mean, if they're going to be running a featured back, and first of all, let me say that offensive line took a couple hits. Ramon Foster retired, and they still don't they don't have Mike Munchak anymore to uh, get these offensive linemen in shape. And he was huge. uh, You know. Yeah, he was he was huge for them. And then so, look what Derrick Henry did. Exactly. So p- point being that um, without him, without a, not it's not an elite offensive line. It's still a good offensive line. Yeah. But point being, they want to run a workhorse. If James Conner goes down, my worry is that, like you said, Anthony McFarland comes in, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, whoever mm-hmm. they decide to throw in, they come in, they steal the show. It's their job the rest of the year. I mean, I don't like the fact that you can start with one guy and then his value is just gone in an instant. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's and, a possibility with him. It is. And and I think that if the if Tomlin comes out again and training camp and preseason is very evident that James Conner is their guy, mm-hmm. then I'm fine taking Conner in the middle of the fourth round, like mm-hmm. where he's going right now at this moment. And I think his ADP is going to rise a little bit um, just because people like taking running backs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now – if that's the case, I'm totally fine taking him in the middle of the fourth and then grabbing Anthony McFarland in the 13th round. Yep. Right? Because you can see how James Conner does in the beginning of the year. And if he starts to kill it, then, you know, you're looking okay. But if he struggles, then you're looking at a situation where McFarland might uh, be a piece. And also, you want to pay attention to training camp in preseason to see if McFarland is even close to being second in line. Yeah. Right? That's important, too. He might be lagging along, and you don't even know – you know who the guy is going to be and McFarlane hasn't really showed out or impressed anybody and if you don't really hear anything like that it becomes a crowded running back room that you don't really want to be a part of behind James Conner and and not to mention the fact that because of everything going on who knows to what capacity we will have a training camp you know what I mean like who knows how many reps they'll be taking or anything like that so there's definitely a lot of question marks surrounding Conner um I mean, the question, plain and simple, was is James Conner a bust? I think it's way too early to call them a total bust, but I, I would be careful if his ADP hits that third round. That's when it really starts to get dangerous. So, no, be avoiding him in that sense. Yeah. I, I, the... Sorry. <laughs> you know what's well, so funny? Ca- I saw you were is, like, these cameras, like, you know, they start they stop <laughs> recording after 30 minutes. So you have to like, anyway, um, so, you know, I, I, yeah, I like, saw you get up and I'm just like, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to see how long <laughs> it takes. And then you just come back and scramble. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Perfect. We, we kind of like, you see, like when you mentioned is James Conner, like a bust or not, it's like, all right, cool. Let's talk everything about James Conner right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's talk about that entire situation. It was just a simple ass question. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Do you like candy? Yes. yes or no? Well, you know what? S'mores in like Snickers, you know, it really depends on the kind. But um, so we've hit how many questions so far? One, two, three, four, four, four questions. Okay, good. That's not bad. Thirty minutes. Not bad. I mean, we can hit 
you know, we'll see how many more we can hit. Um, this was the third option in those, the trio, double, whatever. So it's by Pretty Boy Heish, 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 whatever. Uh, do you think Raheem Mostert can replicate his 2019 playoff performance in the regular season? Um, I'm going to say no to replicating it at that level, obviously. But it, it's it's confusing because, first of all, the ADPs haven't really shaken out all that well. I mean, right now, do you have the ADP in front of you? Do you have all this stuff? Uh, his ADP right now is pretty high. It's uh, end of the fourth round. Yeah, and, th- and that seems like it's too high right now just because there's no guarantee he's a future guy. Last year, we had our hopes with Tevin Coleman. There's a lot of talk about him maybe just being the full, you know, full-blown workhorse. But when it really comes down to it, even with Matt Breida gone, Jarek McKinnon is healthy for the first time. Not really – not a lot of people are t- talking about that. Or we hope he's healthy. You still have Jeff Wilson Jr., who's been a goal line guy. Tevin Coleman's still in that backfield. So there are opportunity opportunities for other running backs to take his work. This could be a four running back committee, but at the same time, he's putting on extra weight to handle a bigger workload. He's earned the starting role for sure throughout the course of the last season. Otherwise, they would have kept Frida or led with Tevin Coleman in the end of the playoffs. But um, I feel like we've seen this before. I feel like we've seen like uh, Damian Williams do really good in the playoffs <laughs> and then disappear in the regular season. So I don't want to directly correlate it to the regular season. He's got a, I mean, Raheem's got a good line in front of him. He's got the talent. He's got the three down capability. It's just, it's a question about if they want to use him in that capacity. And, exactly. um, and I think what you brought up, Damian Williams is a great comp to that, right? Because if you gave Damian Williams, so, if Andy Reid wasn't hesitant on Damian Williams coming into last year, remember, he signed LaShawn McCoy, right? Panic sign. Like, dude, I need some help in this backfield. And he put him in the rotation in week one, right? Or week yep. – or no, no, it was week two, right away, right? Even though Damian Williams had a decent line in week one, right? He had a decent game. Um, he just wasn't convinced that Damian Williams was going to be his guy. Mm-hmm. But LaShawn McCoy didn't come through. But when LaShawn McCoy wasn't playing, when – Darren Williams wasn't playing. Damian Williams killed it. He did well because he was a product of that offense. Um, yeah. it's just, and now when you look at Raheem Mostert, it's a very similar situation where, you know, other guys weren't coming through and he was coming through big time. So he just happened to be the star of the moment. He happened to have what coaches love to call the hot hand, right? And mm-hmm. he killed it. So let me go over his numbers in the, regular, in the, in the postseason real quick. So actually, let's start with the last five regular season games. Almost six yards per carry, right? 64 attempts for 379 yards. Six mm-hmm. rushing touchdowns over those five games. Um, and then he had six catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. 84.8 fantasy points. So if you look at all that, and then he had one playoff game, right? We had those 29 for 220 and four touchdowns, right? Those 46 yep. <laughs> fantasy points. Games. That comes down to 21.8 fantasy points per game over those six games, right? So... Yes, you know, he will likely be the 1A in that backfield, but there could be a 1B and a 1C, and right? A and, and that's the problem. <laughs> and that can shuffle throughout the season. You never yep. know. Tevin Coleman's a capable back. Um, Jarek McKinnon is coming off an injury. He's working his ass off to come back. Um, and remember, Shanahan handpicked that dude, and he wanted him to be his running back for the, for the 49ers. Yep. And they had multiple opportunities to cut McKinnon with no cap casualties over the last yep. two years, and they decided not to. Even though they were paying him, giving him his bag, it didn't matter. Oh, my God. He's getting so much money. For yeah, and they, and they decided to keep him, and I think they, they're keeping him for a reason. And they want to have cash as many in. backs as they can. Um, because, hey, listen, they had so many backs, and it worked out for them, right? Yeah. Even though it's a, it's a headache for us fantasy players, it worked out for them because they were, they were, they were running behind a great – offensive you know running scheme Kyle Shanahan scheme um and a good offensive line so and a great fullback that kind of you know is is a a big integral part of that scheme so you know it's really part of that of that offense so yeah I think you know grabbing Raheem Mostert in at the end of the fourth early fifth round if you want to chase the upside sure but it's really tough to 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 predict that he is going to be their guy for the whole entire season yeah, and I, I wouldn't want to rely him rely on him on a week to week basis. And, and the thing with Raheem Mostert is like, 
before each game for the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan didn't exactly like stand on a podium and say, all right, Tevin Coleman's doing it this game. Fire up Tevin Coleman. And the next week, it's going to be Burita. And the next week, it's going to be Mostert. Like, we didn't have this preparation. So if you're if you're drafting Raheem Mostert and then the fourth round, and you've taken any other position besides a running back, there's a chance he's your running back too. And you're going to have to count on him on a week-to-week basis, which is not what you want to do. And let's say best-case scenario, he's your flex. Like I said, you're never going to know when to plug him in. The matchup could be great, but it could be great for Tevin Coleman. The matchup could be awful, and he could go off. So that's my whole point of even, like, if you have him as that running back three flex upside, when do you put him in, you know? And, I mean, look, there there is a world where there he's the workhorse running back. I don't think it's a likely world. And just, you know, like you said, it's not a likely scenario. But, you know, that's what you're chasing with him. And I wouldn't put your expectations that high. Because honestly, like I said, like, you don't want him as your running back too. And that's what the fourth round is in reality. Unless you're going yeah. three running backs the first round, which is possible. And then you can go for the upside, but even then you don't know when to play him. So I, I'm probably going to avoid Moster. If he falls to fifth, sixth round, then that's when you really got to start looking at him because he can have that upside. But it's too unpredictable. Listen, for me at least after training camp and, and after preseason, Kyle Shanahan can have a totally different opinion of who that running back mm-hmm. is going to be week one. You're going to draft Moster. You're going to mm-hmm. draft Moster, and you're going to wonder, hey. Is Raheem Mostert going to be to get the first carry? Like you don't know that going mm-hmm. into week one, and like you really want to draft that in the fourth round? I don't. And honestly, his word could mean shit because he can go in saying Raheem's their guy, and then maybe Tevin Coleman's in for a snap, and he goes off, and then he's the high hand, and then exactly. it's over. So exactly. no matter how much coach talk we hear, unless Tevin Coleman gets an ACL injury, Jerick McKinnon's on the pop list. Then you start looking at, okay, maybe this guy has some real potential because there's no one else in that backfield. But then, then they sign Devontae Freeman, and then it's over. <laughs> and, then <you're, laughs> and then you're punching yourself because Jeff, Jeff Wilson's getting all the damn goal lines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's no winning. There's no winning. I mean, the, so look, look at these wide receivers going in at the end of the third round and in the middle of the fourth. So 311, Juju, Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley. Those guys I would rather have than Tevin Coleman. I mean, I'm sorry, than Raheem Oster. Definitely Tevin Coleman, but Raheem But Oster. now, interestingly enough, do you, do you have in front of you where Tevin Coleman is going? Because uh, yeah. we talk about the upside as a running back in this offense. Because this running back, this offense can produce high-level fantasy running backs. But if you're if it's Tevin Coleman in the eighth or ninth, as opposed to Raheem Mostert in the fourth, I'm taking Tevin Coleman in the eighth or ninth every single time. Yeah, and he's being drafted nine oh seven. Nine oh seven. And McKinnon's being drafted twelve oh five. Yeah, McKinnon's more of a dart throw, but oh, definitely, yeah, definitely I mean, dart throw, for if sure. If we hear positive news about his health, maybe become more of an upside than a dart throw. But uh, I mean, I, I would, like if in order for me to take McKinnon late, it would have to be a situation where he is a potential starter. So like if he is, yeah. if it's a three-way competition at running back, then McKinnon is a great pick in the 12th round. But if you're not really hearing too much about him and it's really between Moser and Tevin Coleman, then maybe not as much because how long are you going to keep him on the bench for? Exactly. Whew. So was that five questions in 40 minutes? Not bad. Look at that. Look at that. Okay. I've uh, been looking at some of these questions here. We've got another Le'Veon Bell question, but I mean, we covered head to toe with Le'Veon Bell pretty much um okay so in your opinion what is Miles Sanders ceiling and floor and that is from underscore Brack underscore Bratch Brack maybe <laughs> if I didn't butcher it um so ceiling and floor Miles Sanders and I guess we can pair this with another question what do you think about Boston Scott if Philly doesn't sign another running back and that's fantasy football blitz so uh, two Eagles running back questions. Um, first of all, they haven't signed another running back. Carlos Hyde went to another team. Devontae Freeman chose not to sign with them. He's going to wait it out. They didn't like the contract they gave him. The only other option really would be LaShawn McCoy or Lamar Miller. A lot of people are forgetting about Lamar Miller. He's still available. Um, I think they'll end up signing someone before the season starts. I mean, we've seen veterans take the route of, like we saw, uh, who was it, Antonio Gates. I remember in his last season, 
um he he literally signed the week before the season started right <laughs> it was and like is, is that when like everybody drafted the darius green was that is that was that him oh no no henry towards acl i'm thinking way before this is hunter henry yeah this is this is hunter, this is hunter henry hunter time Henry's like rookie year or like second year i think it was his second year i think it was i think he tore his acl early in the offseason who hunter henry did yeah he tore his acl early in the offseason and then they had no tight end and they're like oh antonio gates might have value but he was just kind of like there in the background right <laughs> <laughs> but we've seen veterans take this approach because they don't want to risk getting hurt during training camp so even if we don't even if it's late july and we're like okay the Eagles still haven't signed a running back. It's on. Miles Sanders is the clear workhorse. It may not even be that. And even if they don't sign anyone, you know, the question was about Boston Scott because Boston Scott did great towards the end of the season. Boston Scott was really involved in that offense as a pass catcher. Um, with that being said, the ceiling, if they, if he does become some sort of workhorse, which isn't too likely, I think he could be a top 10 running back, you know, at the very least, if he does get that work. But, I mean, even last year, he had a limited role, and he was like, the, what, the running back 15? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I'd want to say his floor is at the running back 15 area, because I, I can't see a reason why not, even with the shared backfield, because that's what he was dealing with last year with Jordan Howard. Well, he's being drafted as the at 204 so 204 according to fantasy football calculator 12 team ppr 204 as the rb12 so are you you drafting him at his ceiling here close to it unless he's like the workhorse guy Uh you're drafting him close to his ceiling here but what's rough about the 204 i don't like I mean, I don't think either of us like the 204 value for him. But at the same time, if you look at the run, I, I did a mock yesterday. And, I mean, the run on running backs was insane. Because I think yeah. everybody's starting to realize the fact that these uh, the wide receivers are in the sweet spot in that 5, 6, 7 round. Exactly. So a lot of people after, are just going after RB10, After RB10, there's a really big drop-off. Like, after, after Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, Nick Chubb, there's a big drop-off there. You got Austin yeah. Eckler, Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones, Clyde, Clyde Edward Taylor, Leonard Fournette, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, etc. Yeah, and so so it's two oh four may sound awful, but two oh four could be the eleventh, twelfth running back taken. And it, if you pass is, up on is, that, he is being like that. The two oh four is the twelfth running back taken, according exactly. to exactly. And if you pass up on him at the two oh four, uh, let's say you are theoretically picking from the two oh four in a twelve man league, you're picking at the end of the third. And then you get to the end of the third, and your options are like what we talked about it before. It'd be like David Montgomery, right. James Connor. Like you don't have the best options at that point. Yep. So it's almost like you kind of, even though it kind of sucks that you have to pick Miles Sanders there, but he's the best, I, I would think, out of the yeah, guys that are I'm available. Drafting, at that point. If I'm drafting at the turn this year, I would be upset. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless, unless it's the early turn. Like I had the 11th pick. By the way, I got ripped apart on Instagram yesterday for this. I had the 11th pick, and uh, I went Kenny Drake and Nick Chubb on the turn, which I thought was two solid running back ones. Yeah, I think I so. I got ripped apart for taking Kenny Drake in the first round. But if, if you guys are listening to this um, from if you saw my post yesterday, that's just the reality of the running backs. Kenny Drake's the 9th, 10th, 11th best running back, you know, based on who you ask. And that's kind of where you have to take him. I know I wanted to take running backs early, and if I didn't, I'd be screwed. So that's just kind of the way the dice rolls. Exactly. And, you know, there is – is there that much competition in that Arizona backfield right now? You know, I, I don't think there is. I think Kenyon Drake is the guy. Um, is there a little bit of risk with him? Yeah, I think there, there's a little bit yeah. of risk um, because we got a small sample size. And I'm not worried about a small sample size. I know I, – I, you know, me, Joey, I, I've been a Kenyon Drake fan for a while. And yes, I am. <laughs> it just always been a, his situations for me has always been a is he going to get the work right yep. and that's always been the question but I, I think in this scenario uh, he's the, he's the most explosive and he is the most ripe for this particular offense and it just works um, so that's Absolutely. why I'm okay with taking him at the turn because if you're if you're trying to win your league you know you got to get those high upside running backs sometimes 
Absolutely. And now let's move we'll back to Sanders here. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the question. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we kind of addressed his floor. I mean, what would you think his floor is? I said his floor would be like the running back 15. I just can't yeah, see him. And that's where he ended last year. Um, now, now, when I say that his floor is like the, a low-end RB1, I don't mean that if he gets all the work that that's his floor, right? His, I mean, that's the ceiling, right? His ceiling is like overall like – you know, RB four or five, you know, yep. if he gets all the, if he's a workhorse back, the question is like, is Doug Peterson going to give him a workhorse role? And, and we haven't seen that at all from Doug Peterson. Now, then the question always comes up, has Doug Peterson ever had a workhorse type of back? Right. And that's always the question. And that's a hard question to answer. Right. Um, but I do think that Miles Sanders is going to get the majority of the workload as, as the backfield looks right now. I don't think Boston Scott is going to demand a ton of work from him. Um, you know, he was a rookie last year, right? And rookies aren't mm-hmm. going to get a ton of opportunities on third downs, on passing downs because of pass blocking issues. And going into his second year, he can improve upon that and he can get more opportunity there. So I do think his work is going to go up, not down. And he was efficient in the passing game. Um, the thing with him that I find so impressive is that he catches balls all over the field. Yep. He'll catch it short. He'll catch it intermediate when he kind of like makes a move on a linebacker. And he'll like beat a safety up top on the sideline to catch a ball as well. And he did that multiple times last year. So he's like very versatile. And he's going to be, a, I think, an important cog in that offense. Uh, I think it was a great pick by them. And I think he's, he's going he's gonna to do well. You know, the offense line is okay. And I think he's going to get, I would say, 65 to 70% of the snap share. And I think that's good enough to be a high in RB2, low in RB1. Absolutely. So that's where we stand but, on Miles Sanders. Like you said, like you said, let's see who they sign. Exactly. And if they don't sign anyone, is there any intrigue with Boston Scott? Uh, for me, maybe not. Um, you know, because I feel like that role isn't cemented for him. You know, he, mm. he was signed last year because you know, because of circumstance, right? Has has Darren Sproles retired yet? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. I hope. I hope so, too, after all the injuries he's gone um, through. I'm Googling it as you speak. But, <laughs> but, but honestly, like, I honestly think that um, Boston Scott isn't a guy who I'm, like, I want to draft in the 14th round mm-hmm. because I want somebody with more upside. If I'm going to draft somebody in the 14th round, I want a guy who can just, like, break through. Right. Yeah. If, if Miles Sanders gets hurt, Boston Scott isn't getting all the work. Yeah, exactly. To take that role. That's um, what I was about to say. Yeah. So I'm not looking for a guy like that. I'm looking for a guy like Damian Harris, uh, you know, who's taken who's being taken at the same spot, who, you know, if he's one injury away of potentially being the guy on an on an NFL offense. <laughs> right. Or, you know, or like <laughs> a guy like uh, Duke Johnson, maybe, you know, if David Johnson goes down, he'll probably be the guy. But knowing Bill O'Brien. He hates Duke Johnson, so I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, guys like that, you know, if I'm looking at a running back, Zach Moss, you know, he's one injury away, uh, you know, from being the guy. Um, those guys like that, you know, not guys who are just ancillary third down options. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's that, that's the thing with Boston's guys. I don't know if they go into the season confident with the running back depth they have right now. I mean, I, I think I have it pulled up here. I think it's. I don't know if you can still see my face if I do this. Ooh. Can you still see my face? I, I do see your face. Nice. Glad to know you can watch me while I'm paying attention. Um, so they're running back depth right now. Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Corey Clement, Elijah Holyfield, and two undrafted free agents. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, that tells me that they probably want to sign somebody, whoever's left over. Now, if that guy is like LaShawn McCoy, give me Miles Sanders. Right, because LaShawn McCoy is washed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If they sign a guy like Devontae Freeman, somehow he 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 realizes that he's not that good mm-hmm. anymore. Um, you know, I think that's when the backfield gets pretty muddy. Right. Because even if Freeman can't be a threat in the in the running game, I think he's definitely a threat in the passing game. I mean, yeah, Freeman and he'll, can, he'll take away opportunities. Yeah, that's true, and he'll take away opportunity, right? And that's what we don't want, right? We don't want a guy who's going to take away opportunity from the guy that you hope can do it all. Best case scenario, Lamar Miller or LaShawn Jack, uh, or LaShawn McCoy. 
Oh, give me LaShawn McCoy. Like, I hope they, they sign LaShawn McCoy because that means that Miles Sanders is going to be the guy. Love it. I, I can't imagine them signing LaShawn McCoy, honestly. Like, LaShawn McCoy, I don't see him signing to a team. I'm not sure yeah. a team would want him. I mean, they said they, there's been uh, words from both sides. They're both open to a reunion. Right. And, I mean, they did bring Deshaun Jackson back. So well, he's it'll good. Be... Well, yeah. <laughs> Deshaun Jackson's not washed. But just still, I mean, I imagine, like, for the fans' perspective, it's like, oh, we got Deshaun Jackson and LaCon- Deshaun Jackson and LaShawn McCoy back on the team. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, even that, that could sell tickets at the very least. Maybe. So. But LaShawn McCoy is probably going to be inactive. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Both games, so. <laughs> All right. We got one more question here. Um uh we have some other yeah but this is the last question we'll do here keenan allen robert woods or calvin ridley full ppr if you had to choose one and that's from casey razo say one more time sorry keenan allen robert woods or ridley and we're talking ppr uh i'll say order he said if you had to choose one but i'll go ordering so keenan allen robert woods or that's close I mean, I think Ridley has wide receiver one potential. Um, but Woods in that 12 personnel last year, I mean, killed it. Off. Killed it. And then Keenan Allen, you got Tyrod Taylor. I don't want to put Keenan Allen third, but like. You might have to, man. Tyrod's his quarterback. But then if Herbert comes in, but he's still a rookie. He's a rookie. Okay, I'll go Woods, Ridley, then Keenan. I think I think I'm gonna have to agree with you there, and Woods is being drafted later than all of them. Yeah, I mean, okay. Backup question: sure. Woods or Cup in a vacuum, Woods. same Woods. ADP. Woods this year. If if I know that they're not gonna run eleven personnel, me too. I I rather take Woods at five oh, ten mm-hmm. than Cooper Cup at three o five. Even in PPR leagues. Because if when they moved to 12 personnel, Woods killed it so much more than Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was wasn't was almost not a factor at certain points of the year last year when that happened. Um, it was really it, it was Woods uh, and it, it was their tight end. It was Higby, um, and that was basically their offense at that point. And you know Cooks was out, and Sean McVay liked what he saw during those weeks, and he shipped Cooks off. Right, because he's like, all right, well, this works, so I don't need your cooks, um, and that's that's exactly what happened. Um, and because of that confirm, I, for me, that's confirmation that they're going to run more twelve personnel next year. Yeah, and I mean, in in Ridley's case, um, he had a great year last year, and there's a ton of targets up for sale. I mean, between Austin Hooper, whatever Sanu left behind, and Devonte Freeman, there's definitely enough targets to go around. And uh, it's not all going to go to Hayden Hurst. And it's definitely not all going to go to Todd Gurley. So, um, and it's definitely not all going to go to Russell Gate. Some guy commented on my last uh, post because I drafted Hayden Hurst a little early. It was, I think I took him in like the eighth or ninth round, which yeah. I don't think is early at all. Oh, it's not early. Um, yeah. And he, he was saying that uh, Russell Gage is going to command targets. So I should watch yeah, out for I, him. I don't think so. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Listen, I think Gage. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, the way this offense is set up and the way Matt Ryan likes to operate, he likes to spread it around. Mm-hmm. And I think that Gage is gonna get seven targets a game, and it's gonna yep. be annoying. It's gonna be annoying as hell. He'll catch four of them, you know what I'm saying? And it'll suck. But I do think that I don't think Hayden Hurst is gonna get as many targets as Austin Hooper, because mm-hmm. Austin Hooper was improving every single year, and then boom, Dirk Cutter comes in, who we know is a tight end whisperer. And, you know, he has a big year. And, and we a lot of us saw that coming, right, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he killed it, right? Hayden Hurst coming into the similar role. And I think he's going to do really well. So I would say, like, you know, maybe like 65 to 70% of the targets that went Austin Hooper's way is going to go towards Hayden Hurst, potentially. Um, and then you have uh, Julio. Obviously, he's their number one. Calvin really, uh, I think, benefits the most, right, with Mohamed Sanu leaving. Right, yep. and I think that the, a lot of the vacated targets from Austin Hooper, you know, well, not, not all of that's going to go to Hayden Hurst. So a lot of that can go to um, Calvin Ridley too. So I like Calvin Ridley. Like if he's available, like middle of the fourth round, end of fourth round, like I'm in there, especially in PPR leagues, because I think he's a talented wide receiver in a high octane passing, high 
volume passing offense, high passing, high volume passing offense. And I think that because of that, like those are the offenses that you kind of want to grab onto, right? Because you know the volume is going to be there even for the second guy. And you know it's an interesting um, thing too. A couple things on Ridley. One is that Matt Ryan. Um, now, I mean, I guess there's a difference between his statistical trend and coincidence. But Matt Ryan has gone from a top five quarterback to outside the top ten quarterback in, for in terms of fantasy every single year, flip flopping since 2012. Me and uh, Rob. On the last podcast I did with him, we actually he went back into the data. We looked; it was every year since 2012. He was either one year top five QB, next year outside the top ten, and it's happening every every single year. Last year he was outside the top ten. The year before that he was a top five quarterback. Theoretically, <laughs> he should be a top five quarterback this year. It's the second because I mean when you look at like the behind the scenes stuff, is that he gets a new coordinator, he struggles in the first year. And then he blows up the second year, and then yes. he does so good that coordinator gets a different job. So, right. well, I mean, Dirk Cutter's still there. Dirk Cutter is still there, exactly. And, His second and, Dirk Cutter, year. and he was familiar with Dirk Cutter's system already. Yeah, and that's that's why I thought last year that he would do okay in his first year because he's already familiar with Dirk Cutter. But you know. He he kept the trend. I don't yeah. know. I mean, he, he lost a couple weapons, right? No doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think the 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 targets that went towards Devontae Freeman. I think it's so funny. Like like the Falcons love like really using washed up running backs, you know. And they gave you know Devontae Freeman this huge contract, uh, but I think he's washed honestly. Uh, but if you look at like how much target volume, his target volume every game, it was legit. And he was like he was being held up as like a PPR RB two only because of that target volume. He wasn't doing shit in the running game, right? Um, I think that's what's kind of what's going to happen with Todd Gurley a little bit, where they're going to pepper him a little bit in the passing game, and that's when that's what's going to like keep him, you know, alive as a PPR RB two like mid to late RB two type of guy, um, and he'll obviously get a lot of goal line looks because uh, you know that's. Um, you know, that offense is going to be relatively potent, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think that really does be- benefit. I think his target volume can increase twenty to thirty percent this year. Um, so I yeah, do like absolutely. it's just that I think that Woods is the kind of kind of guy as the number one on that offense going into this year. I think you know he's just a guy who will be schemed up really well by Sean McVay, and because of that. He kind of he's kind of on uh you know just like a one tier above a guy like Calvin Ridley and Keenan Allen's the best wide receiver out of all these guys. I just hate I hate putting him hate this low. He's just not in a great situation right now. And Keenan Allen's always been that guy who's been dependent on a ton of volume, right? He was a high yeah. reception guy. Is that gonna happen with Tyrod? I don't think so. Yeah, and what's interesting too, and the last thing I wanted to bring up on the Ridley case is that um. We've seen the changing of the guard between Alabama wide receivers before with Roddy White and Julio Jones. Yeah. Uh, everybody, a lot of people have been um, preluding to the fact that as Julio ages, we could see Ridley take over as the wide receiver one. I think Julio is still uh, one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the league right now. So um, I don't think that's going to happen this year. But what is not he now, sure. like 31, 32? He's 31. And he's going to turn, he just turned 31 in February. So he's yeah. not going to turn 32 until after the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to happen yet, but it yeah. definitely can happen now, in the future. Yeah, it's of course. If, if you look at the data, um, it shows that wire, elite wide receivers don't only drop off until like 33 mm-hmm. or so. So he's still got a couple years in him, right? And he Absolutely. he's shown last year that he's still elite. And that touchdown regression, positive regression, is still coming, right? They, they still They still owe him some touchdowns. And it's going to happen. So I wouldn't count him out, even though he might be annoying to own as far as like his touchdown value, but it's mm-hmm. coming and it's going to come in bunches and it could be this year. Yeah, it definitely could. It's going to be a tough division. So they're going to have to play all out. 100%. But um, yeah, I think that's going to do it with all the questions. Thank you guys who asked them. Uh, we got to, I think it was, I don't know, like six, seven, eight, but uh, we'd like to take our time. You know, we like to analyze every question, answer every angle of it. So um, if you guys enjoyed that, um, consider subscribing. Um, you know, stay tuned to 
some of the other podcasts I have coming in the future. Follow Faraz on Instagram, Upper Hand Fantasy. Follow me on Instagram, fantasy.football.analyst. One day I'll get rid of the dots. I don't have the money for that. (laughs) You know, some kid has the account without the dots, and he messaged me like a year or two ago, and he was like, oh, 20 bucks is yours. Back then I was like, no, 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 I'm not paying (laughs) How much is that? I've tried to I've tried to message him. I'll set offer still on the table. I'm gonna message. So him. if you're listening to this, I'm gonna message uh, him. I'm gonna message him and see what he says because he, if fantasy dot if fantasy analyst messages him, right? It, it's like, oh, you want this name? You gotta pay. But if I message him, right? Like he doesn't know that I'm I know you. So <laughs> like it just be like, all right, yeah, like I don't know. But we'll see. You know I'll let you know what I'll let you know what price he gives me. I, I don't even think he looks at the account anymore. I think he just made it to try to make a quick buck and then he just kind of like threw it threw it away i'm gonna find find out for you i'm just investigating here (laughs) (laughs) either way thank you for joining guys and uh we'll see you in the next time see you guys